0: Hi, welcome to Project Healing, a podcast whose mission is to shed light on true self-care, healing our inner demons, and connecting the world in deeper and more meaningful ways. We all have a story to share, and we're very excited to be a part of helping everyone to share their own along the path of their healing journey. I'm your host, Catherine Galvin, psychic medium and intuitive healer. And with me, I
1: have my co-host, I'm Jenna Korzynski, empathic intuitive healer and medium. I believe that we have to feel our pain in order to heal it, and that community is a huge part of that process.
0: Thank you for being on this journey with us. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Project Healing. Today, Jenna and I have on with us Courtney, who has been on the show before. She's an intuitive parenting coach and has a lot of the woo-woo knowledge on the, the, the birthing process and stuff like that, and that's actually something we're going to be talking about. Today is something called rebirthing, where you basically redo your own birth or the birth of your child to heal the trauma around it. This is something I know nothing about,
1: and Jenna, you got any knowledge? I have zero knowledge on this topic, but I am ready to learn all the things from you, Courtney, because you are, you're great at dropping that knowledge. So (laughs) let's hear it.
0: (laughs) So mother of five, Courtney, (laughs) you beautiful, mythical being, let us know what is the rebirthing process all about? What is it? Lead us through it.
2: All right. As Catherine knows from having to spend time with me, poor thing, while she was pregnant, I'm slightly obsessed with birthing. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And a part of that is the birth experience. And as moms, we're always trying to make sure our kids have everything perfect, right? And it starts even with the birth experience. And what I found is even if you have the most perfect birthing experience that you feel is trauma-free, it still implements imprinted on your child. And how it's the first stressful experience that child has to have, right? And so how that stress is handled and how it is imprinted on them, it is going to be present with them moving forward, right? The emotions that are present at the birth. You know the words and the thoughts that are surrounding the baby. They they're so wide open when they come into the world. I mean their crown chakra is literally wide open. And so they take it all in. The good, the bad, the beautiful, the ugly. All of it becomes imprinted on us. And if we go through life unconscious of that, then we have these patterns and these ways of being when we deal with stress that can be very reminiscent of how our birth was dealt with. But we can rebirth it, which is really, really beautiful. And I... Have my birthing Bible, which is called Sacred Birthing by Sunny Carl. And it is, I mean, it's so dog eared at this point in time. And I still have it, even though I have my tubes tied, because I love to read it and I just love to dive into it.
0: (laughs) You are something.
2: (laughs) But one part that was so awesome was the rebirthing aspect of it, and really how we can take even our newborn baby that just came out and we can walk them through that birth experience again, and we can be with them, really, so they feel held and seen and loved, and all of the things that maybe in the moment where you're pushing the baby out and you're not even in your head right in that moment, and then, you know, the nurse is doing this and the doctor's doing that, we don't have control over everything, especially as the mother when we are just pushing a baby into the world, right? So this is a way to go back to really bond with your child deeply and to experience that birth. And also for you as a mother, there are so many mothers who carry guilt and shame and upsetment over how the birth of their child went. And so this is a way that we can say like, hey, we can... This is the first moment where we can look at that stress that was very hard and we can bond over that and we can heal it and have this beautiful healing relationship right from the get-go. And even if it's not right from the get-go, it's possible at any stage in our life to examine that how we were born, how it imprinted on us. And what of that we no longer want to carry? Some of it's great. Some of it we do want to carry forward, you know, the love, the excitement, the joy at our parents seeing us. But some of it we don't. If it was hard, if if we were in pain, if our mom was in pain, you know, it's such an intense experience. And as moms, you know, it's like you push the baby out and maybe five minutes after you're like, I'm never doing that again. 15 minutes later, you're like, I could totally do that again. It's all fine. You're flooded with oxytocin and life is good, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think for most people, it's I more so like... I so relate to that. Oh, go ahead.
0: <laughs> I was just going to say, I think for more people, it's like like a year down the road that they feel that way. And then there's this marathon. No, no both of you. No, no.
1: No. So I, I had a crazy experience with my firstborn and one of the first things after he was born, my mother said to me was, I bet you're really looking forward to doing that again. I said I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, but Courtney, what you're saying about the birthing experience imprinting onto our children really, really strikes something in me because my birthing experience with, um, my firstborn was, quite traumatic. I don't think it was necessarily that traumatic for me. Well, lying. I'm not being honest about that. But definitely for him. So short version of the story. um, I was in labor for 36 hours with him. Um, Then when it came time for him to be born, we had all these issues. They had to keep turning him. Um, I got a fever. They were worried about infection. They took him from me right away. I did not even get to hold him when he first was born. They took him right over to the table. I saw him from across the room. And then they took him right into the NICU. And I didn't see him for five hours after he was born. And I think about how now he's seven and one of his biggest things is he always needs to know where I am. Like he has to know where I am at all times. And so you saying that that birthing experience imprints on our kids, all I can think was, oh my goodness, that's so interesting. And I wonder if that's, I mean, intuitively, I know that that's connected, um, but I never thought of it from that, from that angle. So that's my, that's my story. That's it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no. And it's, it's beautiful to connect it too. And then to go, I have power here. I have the power to rewrite this story. We all know about inner child work. We all know about, um, we all know about, so many ways of healing, right? We all are aware of these, but the, the way of, of healing our birth, I don't think is addressed enough. I don't think we, we look at that enough. And in, in the Western world, like we view it as this emergency procedure and they come into the world feeling like they're an emergency, you know, and then, you know, like you're talking about with your son, you didn't have control of that situation and he didn't have control of that situation. And and that is super scary, but it's not un- insurmountable. It's also a way that even now you can, you can start talking about his birth with him and now he has the words and the verbiage to say, to, to even say, like, or he might notice a feeling in his body, or you just might notice that he's acting a certain way. And you can go a little deeper. And the funny thing is, is sometimes when you're rebirthing your child, the things you thought were traumatic, they don't even have a reaction to. And then you <laughs> mention something that you're like, oh, you know, it was th- something else. And, the, and they might have a reaction to that because it's their own autonomous experience, right? And so many times we view it from, <laughs> (laughs) from the war stories of the mom or through that perception. But, and it it infuriates me when people think that these tiny little beings don't have a consciousness because I believe that the newborns have the most expanded consciousness out of all of us, right? And so then it's an instant contraction because I didn't feel safe or something came up that didn't hold me. And I've just been held tightly and securely in this beautiful warm bubble for so long Even if it's been a chaotic pregnancy, even if it, you know, the stimulation that we have coming into the world, the sounds, the lights, people's thoughts, people's ideas. I mean, babies come in psychic and they have to protect a lot of that as after, you know, as they kind of have to cotton themselves from the world. Right. But we can rebirth them, we can rebirth ourselves, you know, and, and it's very similar to like a past life regression experience. It's a meditative, you know, walking backwards. And then the questions of, you know, well, what came up for you? Well, what does that feel like? Um, Like with your son, you could very, very simply do it in, in a conversation form, starting out and then diving a little deeper. But but it offers such a beautiful place of connection and and lasting healing. And it's amazing when you really read into rebirthing and understand it, like Catherine does ancestral healing. This is almost like the step right, you do ancestral healing and then you come forward into your birth healing, right? And then it's just a beautiful way to put some of that baggage that we carry and drop it, put it away, like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't need to carry it anymore. It wasn't even yours in the first place probably.
0: That's a really powerful sentiment. Um, thinking about it, so it's it's more like a meditative experience, then, right? Is what you're
2: saying? So you, yeah, it's, you, yep. Yeah. Okay. If you, you wanted want to, have- to do it for yourself as an adult, right? For, for your tiny baby, you can, you can do it with them. You can talk to them about it and you, you don't want to touch them. You're going to lay them down in a warm, comfortable area. So they have their own free space and you talk about everything you can remember from the, you know, so your energies aren't like touching right at that mm-hmm. point in time. So they can feel like an autonomous be their experience. And then you're talking it through with them and, you know, You're going to go from the time you started in labor until they came out and, and tell it like a story. And it's something that you might do more than once. You might do it and feel like things cleared and then do it again and feel like things cleared more. And so for your baby, you would, you know, talk to them about the birth process and watch them very closely they might cry they might scream they might hold their breath they might get pale if they had you know something with their breathing that came up if they so you're really going to read their body and be able to go into that you know for example say they had a hard time coming through, they had a shoulder stuck or something and you're really talking about it, you can, well, how, oh, that must have been really scary for you. And even though it might feel silly to be talking to a newborn like that, like it's about the energy that you're giving them. You're really honoring them as a full person right from the get-go, which is such a beautiful way to cultivate your relationship with them.
0: So earlier when we were all chatting too, I know you brought up like it can even be the nurse, Having a bad day wanting to get yeah. out of there can imprint that energy. Yep. And it's, it's interesting you say that because I'm sitting here thinking about my three boys and the different experience I had with each of them. Uh, my oldest was an induction, and I was terrified because he was my first. And my hey. second came into the world like a freaking wrecking ball. And boy, has he been ever since. And then my hey. third was also an induction. But the energy around it was so different and it was so fun. And we like the entire process was enjoyable and magical, except you mentioned that. And I think about the nurse who had to start my IV like 15 times, couldn't get it, was blowing the vein, was annoyed with everything. And I think like, okay, so see, that's part of it. Everything else was so perfect and so beautiful. But that nurse had a problem. So that's something you would want to heal the energy around. That's interesting.
2: Yeah, totally, because they say that it's like creates our personal laws, like the rules that we end up living by as we move forward. So if the nurse is in a rush, then, you know, I'm not good enough and, and I need to hurry up and I need to, you know... I can't come in my own timing, it has to be on this person's timeline, or whatever that is. And so for them to honor their own truth might be difficult, or honor their own path might be difficult. But the, the beauty of that is because it's not everybody that can control who's at your birth, where it is, what's going to happen. I mean, most people have their babies in the hospital, and you can't really control who's coming in and out and who's had a bad day and who's had a good day and what doctors on or anything. But you can then proactively clear that energy, you know, you guys are woo woo. You clear your energy in yourself all the time. Doesn't it make sense that then we would clear the energy in our baby and, and give them a clean slate to move forward from? Yes,
1: definitely. Now we know what you mean when you say that, but will you walk, um, walk our listeners through like what that process would look like so that they have an idea of, um, how to do that?
2: Yeah, totally. Let's see. So you mean like with a newborn, with a, you mean like the actual rebirthing process? Yeah, Jenna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Okay. So it would be um, with, with an adult, you would get yourself into a meditative state And it would be really helpful if you knew the story of your birth, you know, that that helps because it helps you frame parameters around it. Actually, I was curious, as you were saying that if either of you know your birth story, and then can actually trace certain ways that you are back to it. Like, for example, my umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck twice, and they had to rip me out of my mom. And it was, you know, something that was, you know, life was, it was scary, it was blue and all of that. And so I've like, you know, looked into that and been like, oh, wow, that's, that's intense and that's definitely like being on somebody else's timing and the world isn't safe, right? And it's a scary place. And so then to look at that and go, "God, I've always carried that little bit of anxiety and that's probably where it started from." So for me, going back into that and as a, from an adult perspective, really understanding deeply why some of these things have shown up for me, right? Why some of these thought patterns and belief systems that I can't understand why they're there. I've always been safe. I've always been okay. And yet in the darkest times and the dark of the night, it's like something bad's gonna happen. Right. And it's like, oh, well that makes a lot of sense. And how can I go back to that and go, you're safe. Everything's okay. And, you know, for a baby, you would talk them through the whole experience. You would have them in their own space. You would watch what comes up for them. You don't actually want to comfort them. You want to process it with them. Because one thing Mm. in parenting that we can really do to trip our kids up is, Comfort them too much. Now, I'm not crying out. I'm not going in your room and cry and scream by any way, shape, or form. But sometimes the real consequences or the real things they need to actually experience a fullness of so they can. Move it out of themselves and not just put a band aid over it. So it's very important when you are rebirthing them to be conscious of that as much as your mama, you know, your mothering side of you wants to pick that baby up and say, It's okay, you're safe now, I'm here. You want to clear the experience. So you want to let them experience that pain again because they're going to experience that pain and clear it out as opposed to hold on to that pain for the duration. Of their, of their life until they are in therapy as an adult and have to do a past life regression or something and then go, oh, that's where it came up. So what a beautiful way where we can, all our kids are gonna have to go to therapy. I think it's inevitable, right? But this is a way we can prevent some of that therapy. <laughs> so you really wanna make sure that they're experiencing those emotions that you're there with them and you're offering the comfort of your voice and the comfort of being present with them in the experience, but not needing to soothe it away. They need to really feel that. And, what, and let's say it's a five year old. Well, now they have vocabulary around it. They might get a little imaginative and a little bit out there, but let them, let them really dive into an experience. And it's even a really cool thing a really cool way to talk about babies and how they come into the world. And then because they're curious at that age anyway, and then talk about what their experience was and how you Jenna were scared and sad that you couldn't be with him. And he can understand on a cellular level, that wasn't your choice. You obviously are are always going to be there whenever possible. And, you know, you can really heal that in, in a way that he'll understand, and maybe then he'll need to understand it from an eight-year-old perspective, and then a 10-year-old perspective, and even if it's something where, you know, you're cheesy, and every year on their birthday, you talk about their birth story, and you process it just a little bit more, but it's also a cool filter to view your children through. If you start to remember their birth story, and then you start to look at some of their quirks, and then you can go, oh, we can both take responsibility for this and move past it. That's why you cope with things that way. That's why you feel like that so deeply. Okay, like, this is a solution, not just a problem. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's exactly why what you were saying was resonating with me. Because I'm like, I felt like I figured out a piece of Cameron's puzzle. I was like, Oh, my goodness, it all makes So when you're talking about walking back through the story, you're saying just tell the story as it happened. Correct? We're not um, editing anything. We're just letting it flow the way it the way it went down. Correct?
2: Totally. And you'll be surprised at details that you didn't think you remember that come up, especially with the retelling of it a couple of times. Retell it to yourself first if you're working with your child and then start to really remember. And if you haven't had your child yet, as soon as you have your baby, write their birth story down. It's beautiful to have. And also it's a beautiful thing, you know, when five years down the road, maybe it's blurry or you're like, wait, was that you or your brother that that happened with or what? (laughs) You know, you can start to, you have it written down and then it's, it's beautiful to share that with them. And it's also just, it's just a healing tool in your toolbox, you know, right after it, it helps you as the mom process. And that's the other really beautiful thing about it is mom guilt is so rampant and we, we infuse it into every area of motherhood that this is such a beautiful way To feel like you have an active tool to use to help you move through some of those things. And you're not just like, well, great. I fucked you up from the start. I don't know, man. We're done. What are we going to do now? (laughs) I
0: don't know my own birth story, but I do know just from what you're saying, looking at Wesley is my four-year-old, almost five-year-old. And he is completely, he was the induction And he's absolutely, everything takes him 10 years to decide. Everything takes him 10 years to decide. Oh my God. If you give him a choice of which piece of candy do you want, I don't care if you limit it to two pieces, it's going to be, (laughs) hmm, hmm, for a very (laughs) long time. And then... You look at Jameson, who was born on his own time and came in from zero to 60. The hospital sent me home twice before they finally admitted me. And I'm like, no, he's coming. And I went from nothing to everything. That kid's like, this is what I want. And I'm good with that. No mind changing. Just the way that it is. So just that. He got
2: to choose how oh, he came in even, you know, he, yep. he felt strong, like he had the ability to be in the fullness of himself when he came through and was able to chose that mm-hmm. time. So... Cool. You're going to be able to heal some decision-making processes.
1: I don't know. I don't know my birth story either. The only thing that I know is my mom always said that she had really easy pregnancies and easy births, which I was flipping her the bird when I was going through my issues and process with uh, Cameron. So, (laughs) um, but now I'm curious. So, you know, I'm really interested to hear that now and hear what she recalls about it, because now you've got me intrigued.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right? It's Let's so see fun what Kelly has to, be to say. Like, oh well, what is it? <laughs> That's awesome. It's so it's really really cool and empowering, and um, it's it's also something where like you know, again, I'm going to come to mom guilt, but we like you obviously hold some trauma from your son Cameron's birth. And this is a way to heal together. And also, I want to put out there that I also really believe our babies choose how and when they're born. And another piece that I want to tell parents, you know, the mom who planned the most beautiful home birth who ended up with a C-section, or the mom who planned that I was going to do it in the water and she ended up in the ambulance, you know, where whatever happens, you can really know that. Some of this trauma, my baby did need to experience. It was important for their soul. And now they experienced it. Let's not hold it for the rest mm-hmm. of our life. let's let's get rid of it. Let's move through it. Let's use that as a point of expansion and and keep growing instead of using it as a point of um like just a constant stumbling block because you stumble over these ways of being, you know, that you stumble over. All the things that were happening, how your mom was present. I mean, think about like all those babies that were born in the moms that went, did Twilight sleep, right? And then those are the babies that were like shooting heroin in the 70s because that was imprinted on them, you know, like that's a part of it. And it's okay. It's all possible to heal. But I think bringing consciousness to the birthing story and con- Consciousness to the ability to rebirth, it really will help the planet heal on a, on a greater level, because we won't have to carry stuff that doesn't surface us.
1: I'm, I work in childcare, and all I keep thinking is that I want to share this podcast with all of my parents.
2: <laughs> I'm thinking I'm showing you at nap time as they're laying on their mats, being like, you're going... Through a dark tunnel. (laughs) The light is very bright and loud at the end. How are you feeling, Anna?
1: (laughs) (laughs) We've implemented a new service, guys. No. (laughs) (laughs)
2: We've rebirthed all your children today.
1: (laughs) Oh, Oh, man.
0: (laughs) Is this something that you do with clients, Courtney?
2: I um, I haven't do- dove deeply into this. It's more on the kids that are here. But the more that I do dive into it, I realize, like, wow, it's definitely that part of that intuitive connection, right? So yeah. we have that intuitive connection when we're pregnant and when we have our tiny babies. And so it is really interesting to... To ask a mom a birth story and to hear like, oh, that's also, wow, that's interesting. That is a reoccurring theme. So I share with them about rebirthing. I'm not like certified in doing it. So it's something that I share, talk about, give information for. I can walk them through it on a, you know, thing. But I don't want to say that I'm an expert in rebirthing Mm -hmm. because I haven't taken the giant courses that you're supposed, you know, all the things, but, um, but on, the le- on an energetic level, I think that, you know, I can walk people through it. But. <laughs> yeah. Similar to ancestral healing like that, you know?
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's spiritually led on my half, on my half, on, on me. Yeah. The blah-blahs are back. <laughs> right. Um, (laughs) All right. So we've been doing something new that actually you were the first one and I'm pretty stoked to be doing this. Our last episode we recorded from um, conversation cue cards, just asking random questions to each other that came up. So Courtney, pick a number between one and like a hundred. Two,
2: because it's my favorite number.
0: Did you say two? (laughs) Okay. How do you feel... How do I feel when I enforce my personal boundaries? How do you feel about the importance of this?
2: This has been coming up for me so much in the past three months. Oh, interesting. Catherine knows my life has shifted and changed, and a lot of that comes with boundaries, right? It comes with understanding that, like, I have the ability to hold, to honor, And to enforce my own personal boundaries. And just because I want to have boundaries doesn't mean I'm being mean, or I'm being harsh, or I'm being hard on somebody else. It's So it has been, you know, something that at first I was like, boundaries? What are those? I don't need them. And but I watch my kids, how, how beneficial boundaries are to them, right? They understand where their safety zone is. They understand what they can and cannot do. It gives them a compass in the world. And I'm like, no shit, boundaries. Hello, I need them too. <laughs> and so I ha- I can say that I have been really, really amping out my, my boundaries. And it's felt so good. So good.
0: You know, that's I love that you just mentioned that around boundaries, like the, how important it is to set them and how they're not something bad. Because it's been a big conversation. It took to the end of today's episode, but I'm bringing her up. A conversation with my dear sweet mother. <laughs> what would Kelly say? Um, <laughs> and I just laughed like her, but that's Love fine. Um, we were talking about boundaries because we are it's in discussion uh, my husband and I about my moving home to upstate New York with my three children while he's on this like this part of his career where he's gone a lot and Mm -hmm. I want the village to help raise my children and I don't I mean I have that here but it's different when it's blood right so especially when it's good blood and in my family so wonderful um And I'm not just saying that because my mother listens to this show, but (laughs) we were talking about boundaries and she how how you you what's that?
2: I can tell how you speak about her and how your face lights up. That yeah, oh my gosh, it's a healthy.
0: She's wonderful. So, if you would have asked 17 year old me, no, but (laughs) 30 something, she's so wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but. Her, I said I had said we need to make sure we establish boundaries with each other. If I'm living this close, Mm -hmm. and her initial reaction was, "Well, what do you mean by boundaries?" And that's such an like a a, I feel like such a widely understood notion of the word boundaries. It it has a negative connotation to it, and it's not setting like walls up. It's setting boundaries. That's like, what do I allow? What do I not allow? What's healthy for us? It's what's healthy.
1: Hey, yeah. Yeah. So you can interact within your comfort zone. And yeah. I loved that Courtney said, um, that she used to be like timid around setting her own boundaries, just had those feelings. I was the same way. I felt like if I wasn't letting everybody in all the time, I wasn't really serving my purpose. Um, and I wasn't, I like I love helping other people and it came at my expense at a certain point in my life, you know, so um learning about boundaries and and how to implement them so that you have this kind of safety bubble um, was Mm -hmm. really really beneficial for for me and honestly one of the favorite things um, for me to teach others as well I love when it's time to teach people how to set boundaries because I'm like yay you need this everyone needs this it's empowering
0: yeah it is
2: It's so empowering. It gives you a voice and a way to steer your own path forward and really feel like you're in control of it and not like you're just on everybody else's path and like, oh, okay, it's cool. You can pull me this way. You can pull me that way. You know, you can still be of service. You can still show up in an authentic way, but you don't have to always be at everybody else's beck and call, right? Right. Right in their boundaries all the time. (laughs)
0: I think that's really difficult for everyone, but especially difficult for intuitives because we have such a desire to keep helping and keep helping and keep helping. And you can't answer every TikTok question, every Instagram question, every Facebook (laughs) question have to set the boundaries or you'll never put your phone down.
2: Totally. Totally. And you have to realize that honoring yourself allows you to be more of service and if you don't then you're actually not going to be able to serve as many people maybe in one day you could serve those hundred people and the next day you're going to be like fuck that i'm not doing anything you know yeah. so balance is yeah. so beautiful right <laughs> well
0: courtney is the host of a podcast called of a podcast called mom interrupted and she courtney you release new episodes on the regular now or is that you read yesterday, yeah, don't you? Monday and Wednesday. Yeah. Okay.
2: Monday, Wednesday. Yep. And, went, yeah. and, and I started can... putting them on my YouTube channel, which is really yes. fun. And um, I have some fun, exciting guests coming up. And I just love. Yeah, I just love talking story and sharing, you know, sharing some light, which I love. I just love the light that you guys share. It's it's always so fun when your podcast pops up like, okay, yeah, it's a new one. And I'm going to go garden and listen to the ladies. <laughs> listen
0: to the blah blahs.
2: Yeah, well,
0: we love having you on here. We do. We love having you on and we love the love and the light that you shed on, on popular topics for people. And Courtney is an intuitive parenting coach and also does psychic intuitive readings herself her website is intuitive mom inter- is it intuitive mom interrupted it's mom interrupted
2: mom it's
0: interrupted. Just net oh girl
2: dot net All
0: right. <laughs> it will be posted below don't you worry and if you haven't heard our previous episode with her on it I highly encourage you to check it out it's really cool stuff um I do think, Jenna, do you have anything else before we
1: shout out our patrons? Um, I got nothing. I got nothing. Just thank you to Courtney for being here and, yeah. you know, spreading the light. I had to sing yes. at least once, right? You did, <laughs> okay. and I love it.
0: Um, and also, <laughs> if you have intuitive children, definitely check out Jenna's website, um, JennaKEmpath.com because she is hosting a webinar for parents about intuitive children and how to work with them. And it's, it's, I'm signed up. I'm pretty pumped for it actually. Um, Exciting stuff. And we just want to thank our patrons once again, uh, Katie Nicholson, Chelsea Ayers, Janet Adams, Amy Danahay, Katie Duvetter, and Rue. Thank you all for your monthly contributions to our podcast, making this possible. And if you're interested in um, private healing sessions in our group, our monthly group, um, psychic medium circles to ask questions and kind of do like a monthly forecast kind of thing, then head on over to our patron page, which is linked below as well. And otherwise, if no one's got anything else, I think it's time to say goodbye. goodbye. All right. Goodbye, friends. Thank you, Courtney, so much for coming on again.
2: You, my dear, it's always a pleasure anytime.